With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. I, I buy uh, about 350 kilograms with whatever money I had left. I think I took a small loan and it was like 5K. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, you yeah. put everything in there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was like all my, I didn't know how I was going to pack it. I didn't know like how you put that in jars. I had no food safety training or light. Like this sounds romantic, but it was hilarious in retrospect. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten down. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go for that. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. Um, my name is Sana Javeri Kadri. I am the CEO and founder and um, chief feelings officer of Diaspora Co., which is a single origin spice company. It started out that most of my job was working with farmers and sourcing spices. Now I manage a very competent team of individuals um, and I'm growing into my role as a CEO in the real sense of the word. Chief feelings officer, what does that mean? How did you decide on that? You know, I think it came from a place of starting, wanting to start a company that was rooted in doing things differently and doing things rooted in emotions and equity and culture. And actually what I found is that, you know, putting feelings and these feminine skills forward um, is a really powerful force within capitalism and actually like a driver of change um, and disruption. I want to start with a tax refund. Essentially, what I discovered is that the year that you graduate from college, where you were a full-time student for half the year, and then you go into a full-time job for the second half of the year, that year, that second half that you're working, you're being taxed as though you worked all year. So you're being like extra taxed, essentially. Um, when you get your refund for that year, it's the biggest refund you're going to get compared to your salary. Um, Because the the government was withdrawing a lot for you. So at the end of 2016, I had 3K to my name, which to me was like big bucks. You're falling, baby. But then at the ripe age of 23, I quit my job and decided that I was going to go back to Mumbai. And that um, a scary decision to make? Terrifying. I mean, like, and it was a hunch that I think my parents, for the first time, they're their confidence in me faltered Hmm. where my dad was like, if you can't hold a job for six months, how are you going to do anything? Um, And I, and I kept saying, you know, I want to understand where all this turmeric is coming from because it was 2016, the turmeric latte boom was exploding and they were both just like, you don't even like a turmeric latte. (laughs) Why? I was very homesick. I was born and raised in Mumbai. And so I was missing home and something about the richness of turmeric was exciting. And you were in California Um, for college, right? I was in California. So I moved here from 
Italy. I went to Italy for high school, but I grew up in Mumbai. So a bit of a bouncing around a everywhere. The Wanderlust was yeah. built in, I guess. And so just working in California where my world, you know, my work world was limited to marketing Californian produce. Um, it didn't fit the stories that I wanted to tell at all. I wanted to be telling like global historical stories about how, you know, how did citrus come to California from China? How did turmeric come to America via Gwyneth Paltrow or not? (laughs) Um, I was a photographer kind of by training. um, So I knew how to tell visual stories. I took that tax refund. I flew back home to Mumbai and I started reaching out to turmeric farmers to go visit their farms and photograph them. When you started visiting these farms, what were you expecting to see and what did you actually see? I wasn't aware, you know, it wasn't like because I'm from India, I understood the plight of the Indian farmer, not at all. I had a lot of preconceived notions and I I showed up on these farms and realized that there was a real movement of young, well-educated farming families um, who wanted to change the system. They didn't want to be dependent on fertilizers and pesticides and kind of what the governments and companies had kind of fed to them and who wanted a better market. They didn't want to just take it to, you know, the auction house in their local town, sell it in cash and come home. They wanted to feel a sense of pride around what they were selling and who it was being sold to. And that was what was so exciting was visiting these like lush farms where like turmeric was intercropped with marigolds and I was obsessed with the color orange. So my mind was exploding. Were you buying like turmeric and produce from them? Not yet. The the wheels started turning um, and being like, these people want a better market. I know how to market. Like if I can get this turmeric that they're growing beyond just using these pretty photos that I'm taking, if I can get it to America, I could at least, at the very least, find 10 chefs who will buy it, you know, and I'll start with that. Do you think setting those small attainable goals was more motivating than like setting the giant goal? I think so. I think even now, you know, I've always been an ambitious person, but the thought is always what's the next step? And so the initial step, yeah, was... I'll do this part-time, I'll take photos, I'll work as a line cook, I'll sell a little turmeric to some chefs, and then that exploded, and we sold out in hours of that first lot of turmeric. Wait, wait, so you are, you're in India, you're talking to farmers, and then you start buying some of that, and you get it to America? I I buy uh, about 350 kilograms with whatever money I had left. I think I took a small loan and it was like 5K. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, you yeah. put everything in there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was like all my, I didn't know how I was going to pack it. I didn't know like how you put that in jars. I had no food safety training or light. Like this sounds romantic, but it was hilarious in retrospect. How think, little- so, all right. I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on a project right now under wraps, but like, I'm not worrying about the the next five steps. I'm just, how can I get to the next step? And then I'll worry about all that other stuff later. Because I think that allows a lot of like quick action. And, and then it also forces you to rise to the occasion. 
was that your intention or was it just like, I kind of know what I'm doing? What was the what was the thought process of getting all that turmeric, spending your last dollar on that turmeric before realizing even how to ship it anywhere? Or how to pack it. Yeah. Or how to pack um, it. I think I, I've never really let myself down. You know, I've never like failed at something terribly. I think you're right that a lot of the entrepreneurial mindset that I didn't even know I had comes from dreaming wildly, but then only thinking as far as you need to in order to not terrify yourself, right? Like if I had actually thought four years out, I would have been shit scared. I wouldn't have done anything. The lack of a plan allowed me to move quickly and fast. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. I love that. You said it so much more elegantly than I did, though. <laughs> what is that next step to get that those bags of turmeric over to the U.S. thousands and thousands of miles away? I mean, I, I set up an export company in India and then I set up an import company in America. From June until September, I was just like going to government offices and like begging them to sign my paperwork and like trying to get away with not giving them a bribe by just shaming them. Um, like it was it was like shame and sheer force of will. Two S's to, to start any business. <laughs> and then I, I flew back to the U.S. in September, kind of praying that it would follow me and it would come. I like picked it up from the airport and there's photos of me like cutting open the first pallet. I was so scared. Um, you know, I was scared that maybe the airline won't release it. Maybe I don't have the right customs paperwork. I didn't know anything about importing. By some miracle, they released it. I've since gone through so much FDA drama, but luckily that first shipment, I was spared the wrath of the FDA. Question on that. Do you <laughs> think if you were not spared the wrath of the FDA, that first trip, you would have done it again. Yes, because then I would have been like, oh, this is the worst that could have happened. Hmm. Instead, it built in a fear in me of like, what is the worst that could happen? You're going to get so screwed one day. Hmm. Um, instead of just being screwed straight up and then like learning, this is the worst that could happen. So for me, at least, when a worst case scenario happens, I'm like, okay, that one's done. Like, that won't happen again. You know, I've done it. I've scaled that mountain. Maybe it's a unique mentality. Maybe it's like a a bizarre coping strategy to deal with the madness that is like late stage capitalism. Um, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But you did it. And uh, what was it like actually trying to get those chefs to buy that turmeric? What was it like? trying to sell the thing. That was the easiest part. I put up a janky Squarespace website and I put like some turmeric up for pre-order. I bought some bags on Amazon that I thought I could put the turmeric into. I didn't realize before I bought the bags, they were pretty big. I didn't really understand my cost of goods. So like, I didn't realize that I was putting a shit ton of turmeric in really cheap bags. Um, I love this. I I love this so much. I love how much you don't know and how much you're willing just to like keep going at it. I've been talking to a friend who wants to actually, she's really big into regenerative farming. And uh, I've been trying to convince her like, dude, you know, 
everything you need to to start this company she's like well i don't know if i like there's like these this thing that i don't know and this thing that i don't know i'm like no no you you have everything you need you don't need to know everything but you do have everything you need like you see you seem very comfortable filling the gaps on the fly like the gaps in your knowledge on the fly which i think is very important to just building and that's why at 23 i was able to do it right like what work experience did i have none We put up that that site for pre-order. We sold out in like four days, but it was heartening to realize that the demand for this tiny idea that I had was much larger than I expected. And I mean, that immediately got my wheels turning of like, they're gonna want more spices. How the hell am I gonna get more spices? And and that's been a slow process, right? We've gone from just turmeric in 2017 to two spices in 2018, four spices in 2019, eight spices in 2020, 25 spices in 2021. Wow. And at every level of those four years, demand has always outpaced supply. And it encourages that growth. Yeah. And that's how, you know, I'm forced to push myself and like push and grow the company um, because there's people kind of clamoring for it, which is such a gift. So Looking back at the story of starting this, what is that something, or maybe a little bit of that secret sauce that has allowed you, or secret spice, uh, that has allowed you to succeed in what you've been doing? I mean, I think the first one was that I, I knew that I was going to do this my way or the highway. So from day one, it was like, do it my way, build it my way. And if that doesn't work for other people, yeah, that's fine. And I think that's important because it allowed me to rebuild from scratch. Like I was just drawing things up and making them happen. And that ended up making us more innovative. It ended up like pushing us to do things differently. And I think most of the time, that's what I'm pushing other founders to do is I'm saying, dream up your wildest dreams. Don't come to me with like, this is what the market wants. This is what I'm scared of. Come to me with like, what's your biggest wildest dream and let's figure out how to make that happen that's the interesting part beyond that in terms of secret spice yeah i guess being really really okay with unknowns um and okay with like things being terrifying i think what i've always had to remind myself is that before this i was bored at work like work was boring i learned how to do my job very quickly with this it's like terrifying giant questions that I don't know the answers to every day. And then we just make up the answers. Um, And that's thrilling. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our Chief of Staff and Operations is Jessica Lynn. Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. Support from Matt Fernandez, Sophia Donner, Aaron Devereaux, Nicholas Guzman, Ashley Jimenez, Tomas Renteria, Lauren Yamada, and Maura Lynch. Our outreach and research lead is Ankita Nambiar, with support from Miriam Arden, Sarah Hobson, Lisa Lett. Kenny Ong, Melody Sopani, Cherise Tan, and Marie Vaughn. 
Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen with support from Natalie Agnew, Abigail Azardia, Elise Caldwell, Alexandra Huntalis Adams. Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand with support from Sohail Amatya, Tiffany Dang. The video editing team is Eli Lawrence. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.